This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of the For the Healthy Health podcast, where we talk about conscious living, self-awareness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Ree. Thank you for joining me and allow me to be a part of your journey. How are y'all doing? I'm doing good. Girl, my neighbors is yelling at her kids. <laughs> but every time I sit down to record the podcast, um, I just feel really good. I feel safe. It's like regardless of how I felt five minutes ago. Something takes over me and it's just like, it's an amazing feeling. Even sometimes I'm like super anxious. I'm in my head about the podcast before I actually sit down to record the podcast. But all of that goes away when I actually sit down to record it. Maybe I'll just be like anticipating. I'll be so excited about getting on here that it, it turns into some kind of anxiety. I don't know, but yeah, we doing good. I'm cozy in my little blanket had my smoothie this morning. Oh my God, it was so good. Typically, I drink like a blueberry smoothie, but today I made the same exact smoothie, but with strawberries instead. And it literally tastes like a strawberry milkshake. We got the nog chopper going. The vibes are doing what they need to do. And I hope you can feel them. But um, today we're talking about the matrix and escaping it. So escaping the matrix is a term that I have heard when people are referring to social media. So when I first decided to talk about this, I intended on this episode specifically being about escaping the matrix that is social media, which I will cover that a little bit towards the end. But for my homework for this episode, I watched the movie The Matrix. I had never, ever watched the movie. Granted, it did come out in 1999, so it wasn't like my time, my era. But um, I highly recommend watching that movie. Easily top five movies I've ever watched in my life. But after watching that movie, like, my mind was blown and it was just working. And I was just like, where? I didn't know what or I guess what direction to go in with this episode. After a few days of, I guess, research and just thinking, I finally figured it out. How I'm going to do it. How we going to do it today. Because the thing about it, it was just like... When you do research, you will ask a certain question or type in a certain word. And then that word brings in other questions. That question brings in other questions. So that's kind of how, how it was. And I was like, okay, what is the most simplest way I can speak about this? Because although my mind was chaotic, y'all don't need all that. Y'all deserve to hear this in its most simplest form. So... Starting off, what exactly is the matrix? Going, I guess, using a quote from the movie that I thought was like mind blowing. Neo asks Morpheus, what is the matrix? Morpheus responds, the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Neo responds, what truth? That you are a slave 
Like everyone else, you were born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. And I'm like, damn. And believe it or not, I'm telling y'all to believe it or not, but really I'm telling myself to believe it or not. I have escaped the matrix way more than I thought I had. Because ultimately, the matrix affects your mind. And your mind obviously affects your actions. Your actions affect your life. But the matrix is basically control. We live in a world that was already curated long before we even existed. It's a world full of distractions and obligations, fake news, to simply hide the fact that we are unfulfilled. And the goal is to keep us unfulfilled and stuck in this system, stuck in this matrix. So in the movie, it was more of like um, science fiction sci-fi, which I, Travis and I were having a conversation and he was like, you're a sci-fi girl. And I really am like, I'm into Black Mirror and really the Matrix is Black Mirror before Black Mirror. It's so good. But I'm embracing that part of me. But although in the movie, it was more so science fiction and, you know, there was literally another world, right? There were these two worlds and Neo and Morpheus and all the other people, Trinity, Tank, they were able to go to this other world although it's not as fantasized what is the word I'm looking for although it's not as I guess quote-unquote magical as the movie real life is like that this the movie can easily be compared to real life but when I think about the matrix it also reminded me of the fact that as human beings as a human race we're on autopilot I was introduced to this term, not the term autopilot, because we know what autopilot means, but I was introduced to this concept by Dr. Joe Dispenza in the book called Becoming Supernatural. Highly recommend. But we do what we have always done because it's what we've always done. And I don't think we realize that we can do something different. Like that's mind blown, right? You've always done XYZ, you've always got up, fixed your bed, went to work, did the same old thing. But we can do something different. And I don't think we realize a life exists outside of what we know. A life exists outside the matrix. It also reminds me of, like, y'all know I'm a big reader, so. And I think that's how, as human beings, I was taught a long time ago in school, that's how we remember things. We connect it to something that we already know. Um, So obviously it's natural for me to connect the matrix, the concept of the matrix with things that I've read and things that I've learned in the past. So if you've never read The Four Agreements, there's this thing called domestication, where the author talks about how humans are domesticated. And what that simply means is, you know, when we're children, the humans who take care of us, our parents, our grandparents, um, they teach us what they know. And about more than 90 percent of that knowledge isn't true truth leads you to authenticity to happiness but believing in these lies leads you to limitations in your life and it leads to needless suffering and drama that's just like so unnecessary 
And human domestication, we don't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs. Our beliefs are chosen for us. All the rules and values of our family and society, they're imposed on us. And it's pretty much all we know. And we're kind of like a computer. All the information is downloaded into our heads. And the idea, the concept of being in the matrix reminds me of these things. So what does it mean to escape the matrix? Escaping the matrix is to question everything. It's to break free from the deeply ingrained societal norms, cultural beliefs, and personal habits that shape our perceptions and our behaviors. To begin to escape the matrix is to unlearn everything that you've been taught and to rebuild your entire belief system based on critical thought and analysis. To escape the matrix is to free yourself from the constraints that impede personal growth and self-fulfillment. We must question our assumptions, seek out new experiences, and develop empathy, and most importantly, take action. Okay, and let's jump right into ways tangible ways that we can escape the matrix i'm excited y'all like y'all don't know how excited i am to talk about this like i'm literally cheesing i'm grinning from ear to ear all i have to say is bitch hold on to your fucking seat because it's about to it's about to get it's about to get exciting it's it's i don't know but it's it's i don't know what it's about to get but it's about to get something it's about to get real and Honestly, I should have said this in the beginning, but listen to this episode at your own risk because you're going to see the world very differently after this. There was a part in the movie. Sorry, I keep referencing the movie. You you got to watch it. But there's a part in the movie where Morpheus and his crew brought Neo into the real world. They got him outside of the Matrix and he's like... I guess he's waking up and he's like, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus is like, because you've never used them before. So prepare for a rebirth. Prepare to see the world in a different perspective, a different way than you've ever seen it before. Question everything. Question every single thing. If you're not new here, you've heard me talk about how, and I kind of mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but... Everything we know, everything we think we know, or believe, or value, are truly aren't our own beliefs. Are truly aren't, if that makes sense, are truly not our own beliefs. And when I realized that, it was truly the beginning of my journey. It truly allowed me to see that this is my life. This is the world is mine and I can create whatever I want to create. I can create whatever life I want to create. We have to simply stop doing things just because that's the way that we've always done them. That's the way that my family did it. My mom did it. My grandma did it. Y'all know doing the same shit is going to get you the same exact results. So why would you like it just don't make sense. The math is not math to me. Why would you do what you've always done and expect different results and expect to escape this said matrix? It doesn't make sense. 
Develop your own set of values and beliefs. Seek information that challenges your beliefs. I think for a long time, I devalued the importance of being around individuals or seeking information that that contradicted what I already knew. Because it's like, why would I want to be around anybody who challenges my thoughts, my beliefs? Because I'm so stern on these beliefs. But I think truly... I was scared. I feared that information or people would come along that would make me question what I thought I knew. That would make me question or doubt my beliefs and my values. But I think it's beautiful to seek out connections and relationships and information that challenges your values and your beliefs. Because only one or two things is going to happen. Is going to, one, really assure you of your values and your beliefs. Or two, you're going to grow. Challenges surely force growth. They force growth. Any, think about any struggle you went through, any challenge in your life. You beat it. You won because you're here, because you're listening to this podcast right now. And what came up out of that? You learned from it. You grew from it. So... It's okay to, it's okay and highly recommended to seek information that challenges what you know. And another thing, I was against seeking information that challenged my beliefs because I wasn't looking to change. I wasn't looking to grow. So, of course, I'm going to stay in my own little bubble. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, being around the same exact people, that think exactly how I think. Even Travis and I don't think the exact same way. We have very different views on certain things, but we still can coexist. We still love each other. We still are best friends. And I think that's beautiful. I think when we think about someone being best friends, we think, oh, they have to be exactly the same and they have to have the same exact values and the same exact beliefs. I think the core of what we value and what we, what we believe are very similar, but we are allowed to be different. We're allowed to challenge each other because the challenges is, like I said before, what allow you to grow. And once you have started to introduce this new information into your life, introduce this information and these values and beliefs and perspectives that are different from what you always thought you believed, Guess what's going to happen? A rebirth. A rebirth. A new you. An improved you. And you'll see the world through a completely different lens. A completely different perspective. And that is so beautiful. I think my rebirth happened about... And I think rebirths happen more often than we think. I think one of my first rebirths happened probably seven years ago when I first started to seek this new information. It happened in a point in my life where I was pretty much just tired. I felt like it was pretty much my rock bottom. And 
it was just like what I already know, what, I, what I'm doing, it isn't working for me. So I was excited to introduce these new things in my life. And it was just like, I think one of the, I think I've said this before, but one of the first books I read was You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And a lot of the self-help books I read pretty much have the same philosophy, but it's just a different perspective. And I am introduced to new things in these different books, but it's just like, it's such a mind-blowing thing. And... Yeah, I highly recommend reading and seeking new information if you want that rebirth. And like I said, rebirths happen more frequently than we think. And it's a beautiful thing because it's a chance to, as the name says, rebirth, be born again. So another way to escape the matrix is to... Detach from consumerism. So if you've never heard of the term consumerism, consumerism, I don't know why that word is like, it's it's, it's a little lengthy. Consumerism is the tendency to consume and keep consuming and keep consuming and keep fucking consuming. It's the drive to buy more and own more stuff, but not only that, to define our identity through what we own. It makes us super desperate about owning things that we probably can't afford and it can cause depression and anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. I don't know why I always have a hard time saying anxiety, but it can cause depression and anxiety. I have to be honest. I feel like I am just now at my big age getting to a point where I'm finally detaching from consumerism and I'm escaping the consumer consumerism (laughs) there we go again the consumerism trap when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I remember, God, when I was in college, I had a job and I don't know how much money I can't remember. Probably I know it wasn't more than like $200 a week for my paycheck. I used to work. I don't know how many of y'all remember because I don't think it's a thing anymore. But like Charlie Roos and this is also back when Hollister was popping and what else? I can't think of Forever 21. I think Forever 21 is still a thing. But, y'all, I would get paid that Friday, and literally within an hour, two hours, my entire check would be gone. I would have, I spent all my money on clothes, on things that I did not need. And to be honest, all the way from, like, probably 10th grade to when I was, like, 20, 21, I was the exact same size. So, like, I could fit all of the things that I owned. So there was no need for me to buy more things. But it's really sad because I was spending all of my money. Mind you, I'm in college. Um, I come from a background where my mom, we're not rich. We don't like, my mom was a single mom. And 
we struggled some. She had a pretty good job, but we, we, we struggled some because we didn't have that knowledge. We didn't have any financial literacy, but my mom would spend her last on me. And I'm grateful for that. Like if, if I didn't have something, my mom would give it to me, even if she like barely had it herself. But it's sad because <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but I was spending all of my money in Travis uh, obviously had a job and he would be responsible for buying simple things like food, like simple things for basic survival. And in a way, he was kind of my enabler because, but it's like, what else, what the fuck else was he going to do? But I, cause I would spend all my money and literally not have money for basic survival needs. Mind you, I did have a meal plan on campus though, but still I shouldn't have been spending all my money like that and I think the reason why I would spend my whole ass check like that is because these clothes this fast fashion gave me a sense of security it made me feel safe it filled a void it temporarily filled a void that I had with inside me I didn't know that shit then I thought I just wanted to be cute I didn't realize it was deeper than just I want to be cute I liked fashion because I still do but I just I'm more intentional I'm more mindful on one where I spend my money at and two about the purchases that I make I, I really think about it so to get a little bit more technical behavioral economics is the study of why people make such purchases because I knew consumerism existed. I know that fast fashion is one of the most negatively impacting our environment, impacting our society mentally in the worst way possible. But it's just like, why? Why? I know I had my reason why I felt like I was making these irrational purchases like I and even to think back like I would get a refund check I remember getting like a thousand dollars and that was a store I can't even fucking remember what this store is called but it it was just like a store in, in the mall in the city that I live in and I went and blew my whole ass refund check in that store and I'm just like why <laughs> but so I knew my why but um behavioral economics it examines why people deviate from the most rational choice available. These purchases that we make, they may be driven by a need to display one's social status or in a response to an emotion like sadness or boredom. Now, I know y'all have probably heard other people say this because I've seen it on the internet as well. But like if you really sad, you go to your favorite store online, of course, because that's the times that we live in. But you go to your favorite store and you just like fill your fucking cart up with everything. <laughs> you don't buy it, but there is something about filling your cart up with all of the things that you think you want, the things that you think you need that make you feel good, that make you feel OK. It kind of like temporarily cures that sadness. And that's because purchasing, you know, a new outfit, a new phone, a new computer, it triggers a surge of dopamine. And what dopamine is, is just the chemical that makes us feel good. And it creates a pleasurable feeling. 
And we get addicted to that man-made high. So what do we do? We keep doing these things, buying clothes, buying a new phone, making these irrational purchases so we can feel that pleasurable feeling again. And we continue to buy more and more and more and more of the shit that we don't even need. I can remember, and I guess it was just in the recent two, three past years where there was a particular item that I wanted so bad, so fucking bad, whether it be a blender or a juicer. Don't get me wrong. I love my blender. I love my juicer. They were intentional purchases and I use them weekly. I use my blender daily, but I just use it, use that as an example but other things like a new pair of jeans, a water bottle. I'm such a hoe for a new water bottle. Like, oh my God, don't, don't tell me that you're going to give me a new water bottle. Travis, don't tell me that you're going to give me a new water bottle. Don't because I'm such a hoe for that kind of shit. But what's my point? Oh, okay. So I will buy these things online and be so excited about it. I will be so sure like this is going to make me so happy. But when they came in, when these products came in, it was so anticlimactic. It's like, uh, and in that moment, I realized how much, A, I didn't want it or need it, and B, that it's not going to cure my happiness. It's only short term. It's only short term. This This dopamine hit that we're craving, it's only short term. But to really escape that, to have a dopamine hit, to have that feel-good chemical, I just realized I said cure my happiness, but I meant cure my sadness. <laughs> but we have to look in. Like I always say, we have to look inside. We have to go deep or we're going to be stuck in this cycle of consumerism, buying things that we don't need, buying things that we think is going to fill this hole, this void inside of us. And baby, only you can do that. Ain't no person, ain't no thing outside of yourself that's going to cure your sadness. It's you. But something else consumerism makes me think about is I didn't read the entire book. Travis read it and like it was like an audio book. So sometimes when we would be driving or on the way to somewhere, he would like play the book. And so I would hear bits and pieces of it. But. I feel like we think, wait, did I say the book title yet? The Psychology of Money. I don't know if I did. But um, I think we think that money is the cure to everything. Don't get me wrong. Money is amazing. And I love money. And money loves me. And it opens up so many resources. But I think having money is one thing. But being financially literate is a whole other thing. But that's besides the point. Um, this quote, I wrote it down because when I was thinking about consumerism and doing my research about it, this quote reminded me of it. It's nothing makes you feel like you have money like spending money. Because it's like, if I don't, how do I know if I have money if I'm not spending it? How do people know I have money if I'm not spending it? <laughs> like, you know, like. That quote blew my mind. Nothing makes you feel like you have money like spending money. 
and consumerism speaking about that just made me think about that but a few ways to well I guess a few ways I've been avoiding the consumerism trap is to become an essentialist and I know we've heard of minimalism but I relate more to being an essentialist and that's just basically buying the things that I need buying what I need and don't get me wrong do not get me wrong I do like getting new things but I'm intentional about it and I realize that I'm intentional and I am aware of why I want to buy this thing and I'm not using this thing to fill a void if that makes sense um but yeah I've been working towards becoming an essentialist and another thing is just understanding that physical things and purchases will only provide short-term external validation and limited happiness like I said before it's only short-term you're going to feel good in that moment but trust me girl trust me dude guy because I know we got some guys listening to But trust me, it's limited and it won't last long. The high won't last that long. Another thing is to replace shopping with hobbies. So I'm really excited because I have my first crochet lesson this Sunday. And I'm really excited. Um, My new friend, who is also a supporter and a listener of the podcast, reached out and wanted to know if I would like to take some crochet lessons. And I was like, I was scared. Like, it took me a while to to respond because I was just like, she's taking her time to just teach me free crochet lessons. And that's, that's love, bro. And I sometimes have a hard time receiving things. And that's something that I'm working through. But eventually I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm about to get these crochet lessons. And we met. She's a beautiful soul, beautiful person, beautiful spirit. And I'm really excited to get that cracking but yeah replacing shopping with hobbies and another thing is like I like to go to the library too that's a hobby reading um because I don't know if this is good or bad but what I love about going to the library is that you get new things you get new books and it's free I didn't even have to spend any money isn't that amazing I guess from a consumerism perspective that's really good like because I'm not mindless mindlessly spending money so another thing is to become an outfit repeater I literally wear I have mastered the art of I think a long time ago too when I was in high school but I have mastered the art of wearing the same clothes over and over again and making them making them look different and then after a while it gets really fun and it gets challenging because it takes work a little bit of work a little bit of thought to wear the same things over and over but make them look different make them look cute make them look sexy but I'm a proud outfit repeater and I highly recommend that a few other things is to upcycle like make new uses out of the old things that you own you get what I'm saying yeah I know you get it I know you do and to thrift I love thrifting fast fashion is one of the biggest things that contributes to our I guess the earth just like negatively impacting the earth 
So big emphasis on thrifting. I've always thrifted. What I really like about thrifting, though, is that it's such a flex. Like the jeans I have on right now are thrifted. I have never even heard of this brand before, but they're like vintage jeans. They're black vintage denim. But it's like the biggest flex to me in my head for somebody to be like, oh, my gosh, your pants. I love them. Where'd you get them? I thrifted them. (laughs) They're thrifted, bitch. But um, I have always liked thrifting because no one is going to be able to wear what you're wearing. Like, that's one of my favorite things about thrifting. But also, saving the environment. Yay. And last but not least, like, just move with intention. I'm not saying don't buy things because we're going to buy things. Like, we're... We're going to buy things. I'm not going to sit here and shit you and be like, don't, I don't ever buy anything because I do. I buy my same skincare products. Um, It's just certain things that I buy for the lifestyle that I live. Um, But I'm intentional with it. You know, ask yourself, why am I buying this? Is it to fill a void? Is it to make me happy? Is it to impress other people? That's a whole nother story. Is it to, is it to keep up? a fake reputation, a fake perception that I have pushed on the world. And just questions like that. I ask myself, do I really need this? Do I really need this thing? You just have to have those conversations with yourself and keep it real with yourself. And I think slowly but surely you will escape the consumerism trap. Y'all, I got to drink me some water. I don't, when I record the podcast, like, I don't know if y'all can tell it. I typically don't talk like not this much on a day-to-day basis so my throat (laughs) she get dry so let me let me get a sip of my water the next thing is to practice mindfulness and I feel like mindfulness is a word that we hear a lot especially I feel like if you listen to this podcast then you are pretty immersed in wellness in the wellness industry whether it be online or in your community mindfulness is probably a word that you have heard but I don't feel like I've ever heard anybody like sit down and explain what that word really means but for me it just means to simply pay attention get out of your head and get in the moment Just being mindful of your emotions, your reactions, your environment, the people around you. Becoming hyper aware of yourself and like I said before, just the things and the people in your life. So a word that I hear, whenever I hear the word mindfulness, it's always followed by meditation. Right? I know y'all, I know y'all have heard it too. I know it's like that for y'all. And I think we can get these two terms confused. They're not synonymous. Mindfulness and meditation does not mean the same exact thing. And for a while, I thought it did, but it doesn't. Mindfulness is simply a practice that you carry. carry. I get to try to talk too fast and like we get to, y'all know how I do. But it's a practice that you carry with you wherever you go. While meditation is an exercise or a practice that can strengthen your mind and it can allow you to be more mindful and more in the moment. I just wanted to say that because I feel like it's never been said 
not by me and not by anyone I listen to or watch. But um, yeah, mindfulness can be really tricky because there was a time that I didn't want to be in a moment. It's like, fuck this moment. You know, that's how I felt then. About seven years ago, I didn't want to be in that moment. That's why I am doing everything in my power to escape this moment. Because I'm not happy with, I wasn't happy with what was in front of me. So I've talked about this before, but I will watch YouTube videos and kind of like literally be all up in the motherfucking matrix living through these women, through these girls, because I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. This episode is brought to you by Open. If you're anything like me, you know, you already know the importance of meditation and breath work. But you just can't be consistent with it. You can't find a way to implement it into your everyday life. Which is why I start and end my day with the open app. I used to prefer doing breath work and yoga and meditation alone without any guidance. But what happens when you don't have the motivation? When you don't have the willpower to get up and do those things on your own? You fall short and you just simply don't do them, it becomes this cycle where you know meditation and breath work is the key to success, is the key to healthy living, but yet you're not doing them. The open app has helped me out so much with being consistent and just holding me accountable with these daily practices that make my life so much better. It took me a little bit of time to find a better way and now I'm passing it on to you. The open method is simple and it works. It combines breath work, meditation, and fitness. And my favorite part is they have a dope community of people doing it together, all committed to personal growth. Open is one of the most consistent things that I do every day that sets me up for success. In the mornings, I usually like to do either a meditation or fitness class to get my body moving It honestly gives me all the focus that I need. One of the first things that I noticed about the open app is how beautiful and how functional the app is. It's so well designed. Trust me, you'll know it when you see it. My only regret is not starting sooner. Believe me when I say this app will change your life. If you want to get on my daily routine, you can get 30 free days of open by visiting withopen.com slash FTHH. Again, 30 days free by visiting withopen.com slash FTHH. And don't forget to follow me and your friends on the app. My username is at returner. Oh, and if you're in LA, make sure you check out their new studio to practice with open in person. So if you have, so if you're currently going through something like that, where you aren't happy with your reality and it's helping you to escape that reality right now, I've been there. I know what that feels like. And what I also know is that in the moment when you're escaping, it does feel good. It makes you feel better about your life. But I'm going to be real with you. When you come back from that escapism, from that trip, all your shit's still going to be right there. And so I'm not saying don't escape. I'm just saying come back at some point. 
come back and deal with your shit at some point. Because I feel like we shit on some of the habits that made us feel safe when we were at a low point in our lives. Escapism really helped me out a lot. It did. It's not it's not necessarily healthy, but I gotta be real with y'all. Like that shit helped me out a lot. I was in a space where it was ugly, y'all. It was really ugly. And I didn't want to be there mentally, physically, spiritually. So I escaped for a little bit. But then I feel like we all we get to this point where we realize this shit ain't working. So we're then forced to deal with that moment. And in order to overcome something, you have to get through it. You have to go through it. And I know we want, like, it literally be like at the snap of a finger, we want our lives to be changed on every level possible, mentally, physically, spiritually. We want... That instant gratification. We want that change. Sometimes without even doing the work. We think we're going to get to escape, right? Not be in this moment. Not go through this moment. Not feel the emotions. Not feel the pain, the sadness. But still have changed our lives. It doesn't work that way. In order to create a positive fulfilling, loving, peaceful outer environment, you have to create a healthy, positive, peaceful, fulfilling, loving inner environment, inner world. And I want you to remember that although this moment isn't what you want it to be, what you thought it would be, express gratitude for it. Like I always say, it's temporary. You will get through it. If I got through it, let me tell y'all, if I got through some of the shit that I went through in my life, I know you can too. There's nothing super special about me. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can get through it, if I can escape the escapism and get back in the moment and deal with the shit that I was dealing with, And express gratitude for that moment. Even if I felt like that moment wasn't serving me. I know you can too. Okay, moving on. (laughs) The next thing is to read, 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 read. And when you get done reading, read some more. Let me tell y'all something. Books is where all the valuable information lives it's where all the secrets live because they know I don't know who the fuck they are but y'all know who I'm who I mean it's like an unspoken understanding they know that most people are not going to read so they put all the good shit in the books someone asked me in the last episode when we did a Q&A how did I become me a lot of reading a lot of knowledge. I just had the desire to learn more. And when you learn more about the world or how the world works or just new shit in general, you learn more about yourself. You discover more things about yourself. 
And I feel like if you're not a reader, getting into reading can be hard. I used to equivalent reading with school. I promise y'all, like, I had never read a book for pleasure. Well, that's a lie. Because I'm thinking back to, like, when I used to be at my grandma's house, I used to love the Babysitter Club books, Goosebumps. Um, It's some more I can't think of right now, but... I used to love those books, but I think after a while I related reading with school and I used to think I hated reading, but the truth be told is that I was just reading shit that I didn't like. The reading requirements, especially in school, especially being a black woman in a white school system, I was forced to read books that wasn't about my history. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about things that I was interested in. So it made me think that I hated reading, but no, I just wasn't reading what I loved, what I liked and what I was interested in. I would say to, while I think it's important to read books about self-improvement, growth, spirituality, I think it's important to just read In the beginning, I mean, not even only in the beginning, it's in general, because that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's important to read for fun. Like, off top, some books that I've read for fun lately is Rosewater by Liv Little. Oh, my God. Such an amazing book. Um, I read a book called People Person a little bit ago, I think by Candace Williams. Um, Homegoing. Transcended Kingdom, both of those by Yayati. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, I, in this past year, I guess two years, I've really fallen in love with reading novels. Right now I'm reading a book called I'm a Fan by Sheena Patel. It's very good, very funny. Literally had me in a chokehold. Like, from page one but um yeah read just to read just to have fun and I have a rule too that if I get I don't care how far I am in a book like I could be 50 pages deep which is really that's I give the author about 50 pages I give them the benefit of the doubt and if I feel like I'm not enjoying it or I feel boring I feel unfulfilled with this particular book I start reading it and I move on because that can cause a reading slump that can cause you to like fall out of love with reading. And also, I want to mention too, oh my God, James Baldwin. That's not what I wanted to actually mention, but If Bill Street Could Talk by James Baldwin, oh my God, one of the best books ever. But um, no, what was my point? Oh, my point is the fact that self-help books are important, but I believe that you can learn life lessons. You can learn spiritual lessons, mental lessons. In novels, remember that you don't have to be reading a self-help book to grow. You can read a novel and it can it can push on growth in your life. At the end of the day, man, just have fun. Find a book. Like if you're into sci-fi, find a book, a sci-fi novel. If you're into love, find a romance novel. If you're into drama, find a drama novel. Just, just read. And what I love about reading is that Going back to my previous point, it forces you to be in the moment. Like, I be so far up in them books, baby. You can't tell me, like, <laughs> damn, is the book another Matrix? <laughs> but no, like, I be so far into them books. Like, you can't tell me I don't know them characters in real life. You can't tell me that those characters are not real people. They are. 
they're real people. But just taking it back to like self-help if you I'm not shitting on self-help I love me a good self-help book don't get me wrong but I kind of I feel like I just kind of got burnt out after a while on self-help books it was just like I was trying to fix myself and I was I was tired man so I was just like let me just start reading for fun and I've been on that journey for I think a year or so now but a few self-help books that did help me start this journey of discovering myself is you are a badass, like I mentioned before. It's one of the first self, I think it's the first self-help book that I read when I started this journey, like seven years ago. The author of the book, she's just so like funny and I love the way she speaks. It kind of reminds me of like how I speak to y'all, like you having a conversation with a friend in a sense. That how That's how it felt when I was reading that book. Um, the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, of course. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, of course, which I was just recommended um, A New Earth by him as well. And I ordered that book on thriftbooks.com. Um, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Atomic Habits is also really, really good. I can link some books that I'm into right now in the show notes. Um, I like to order my books if I can. If first of all, if I can't check them out of the library, because that's gonna be that's gonna be the first thing I'm gonna do is see if my library got them. Um, but if I if my library does not have them, I like to go to thriftbooks.com or more recently I've used worldofbooks.com, which is also very, very good. But yeah, man, just read. Read, 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 read. And also if you don't like if you just feel like you can't read or you don't have the time to read, listen to an audiobook too. Cause I really been on my audible shit lately too. Because I used to think like I wouldn't be able to listen to books because I, I feel like I'm more a visual visual person. Even when I was in school, like I am a visual learner and a kinesthetic learner, which means like hands on. But surprisingly audibles are the shit like I listen to an audiobook if you just feel like you can't fathom reading because one thing about it y'all gonna get this y'all gonna get this knowledge I'm gonna make sure y'all get this knowledge um so yeah audiobooks okay our next thing is drum roll be mindful of what you're putting into your body be mindful of what you're putting into your body most of my life, I was eating just to eat. Eating just to eat. Like I mentioned before, my mom was a single mother. She worked a lot. She worked a lot of overtime, which meant that I was at home alone a lot. I'm an only child. But this also meant that we either A, ate out a whole lot, or B, I had like some kind of processed microwavable food. Like, let me tell y'all something. When I came home from school, my favorite thing to eat was a burrito, like a microwavable burrito. And then these sodas, like my mom didn't buy name brand sodas. She would buy like the generic knockoff brand. So like, I think we was literally, Travis and I was just literally talking about this the other day. I think that was called like Shasta when it's like, what is really like a their take on a Sprite. I ain't gonna lie, that was good as shit. But most of my life, I didn't think, I didn't give a, an 
inch of attention to the foods that I put in my body. And sadly, I think most of the world still operates in this same fashion. I'm not going to give y'all the full story because this episode is, it seems really long already, which I knew it would be long because there's just so much I wanted to say about this. And if you are still listening right now, shout out to you. I love you. Thank you for listening to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that I know I kind of started paying attention to the food that I put in my body. I've been plant-based for six years now, but even before that, I'm and I'm in no way saying you have to be plant-based to be mindful. I, I think it's important to just minimize the processed foods. Like I said, I was eating nothing but processed foods or takeout, but it took me a long time. Actually, I think I got kind of started kind of early. I think I was probably like 19, 20 when I finally started p- paying attention to what I was putting in my body because I have irritable bowel syndrome and it would be so bad to the point where I, I've had to go to the hospital a couple of times for it. Um, but I think that had it not been for me having IBS, I would, I think eventually, but it would have been a lot later, but it wouldn't have been as so soon had I not had IBS though. And although I was sick as fuck, y'all. Like, I would be, oh, I'll be so sick every night from the dairy and, like, just all of these things that my body doesn't process well. Like, my body doesn't process any type of meat well, any type of dairy well. But I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for God and for the universe showing me that that way of life wasn't for me. Eating just to eat. Just to have pleasure, don't get me wrong. I love that I have found a way to eat clean, eat healthy, eat less processed and plant-based, but still make it taste good. Like I'm grateful for that. But I'm 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 grateful that the universe showed me that that way of living was not for me. And let me tell y'all something. Being mindful of the food that I put in my body has changed my life dramatically, dramatically. It has done numbers for not only my physical body, my my avatar, my vessel, but my mind. I think we don't realize that when we consume these processed foods, it clouds our mind. It has a huge effect on our mental health, on the way we think, on the actions that we make. And I don't think we realize that. When I started eating better, when I started being mindful of the food I ate, my thoughts were clear. I had more clarity. And it's like everything really just fell in line. So since I was mindful of what I was putting in my body, I'm mindful of now the people I'm around, the the people I allow into my space, the people I give my energy to. Let me tell you, I'm played by my energy. I'm played by my space. I don't give everybody access to me. I don't play about that. I don't play about what I'm consuming and like what I'm watching, the books I'm reading, my social media time and consumption. I don't play about none of that. And I think had it not been for me taking those steps, taking the actions to 
really pay attention to what I'm putting into my body, I don't think I would be the person that I am today talking to you right now. So big emphasis, really heavy on pay attention to what you eat, eat to live, eat to fuel your body. It's very, very important, very essential, man. So I wanted to intentionally save this last point for last. And that's just to unplug and limit your media consumption. And I think the the day and times that we live in, the... I guess one of the most prominent sources of media is social media. Like I mentioned earlier, social media is ultimately the matrix within the matrix. It's the meta matrix. It's so funny, whenever I thought about the matrix, like I said before, I would think about social media. But after doing my research, watching my little (laughs) movie, um... I realize that the matrix is way more than just social media, but in its own little way, social media is the matrix within the matrix. So as I always say, I think that social media can be a safe and beautiful space if you use it intentionally. However, the problem begins when we start to kind of blur the lines between social media and real life. Regardless of what we may think, social media is not the real world. We put so much belief and effort into this online identity. We begin to think that this is the real us. Likewise, we start to believe that everyone else's online identity is the quote unquote real them. And y'all, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. Do you know what that can do to, let me go back. Do you know what that has done to my self-esteem, to my confidence, to the way that I view my life? It's been so detrimental to my mental health to put so much energy and effort, not only into my online online identity, but being so invested into other beings and their quote-unquote online identity and and me believing that it's real it's not real social media is not real even I show up as authentic as I can on every platform that I decide to show up on but y'all is still not a hundred percent real and I need y'all to understand that this shit can get really dangerous if we start to really believe that social media is is the real world Because it's not. We don't differentiate our virtual selves with our own selves, our real selves right here, the one right here. And we end up believing in these false online identities when it's only a facade. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's only fragments of us. I'm not saying social media is completely fake, but it's not the whole truth. And I don't think it's meant to be. I don't think the creators of these apps meant to meant for us to view social media as the real world. I really don't. In my heart, I don't want to believe that. But that ended up happening. So in the movie The Matrix, whenever I can't remember the exact scene for real, for real, but it was a part when um Morpheus and Neo went to I can't remember if it was the real world. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the real world. It was, they were back in the Matrix. And Morpheus was explaining to Neo, like, this is your residual self-image. I thought that was so interesting. And what your residual self-image is, um, it's the mental projection of your digital self. That's how he explained it in the movie. It's the concept that individuals tend to think of themselves as projecting a certain physical appearance or certain position of social entitlement or lack thereof. And I think an important thing to remember is our self-image in the real world, like in the real world, but also online and on social media, because that's what we're talking about right now. It can be greatly altered. Do you, do y'all get that? I can post and so can other people. Any of us have the power to post whatever we want. We can greatly alter that image, especially with the fucking apps that exist. The Facetune, like Facetune, all I really know about. But um, I used, I actually used to use Facetune, believe it or not. But like with the Facetune, all these apps that will assist us in altering our self-image, just so we can display, portray. A certain perception of ourselves. First of all, that's a lot of fucking work and I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I quit doing it a long time ago because I can't. It's, it's, it's a lot. But I think remembering that this self-image can be greatly altered when we're engaging or when we're online. I think it's important to remember. It's important to remember not to compare ourselves to some shit that's not even real. I think that's so important. Something I think that is necessary to note is, which y'all probably, y'all probably notice, but I'm gonna let you know anyway, in case you don't. Social media can lead to physical and psychological addiction because it triggers the brain reward system to release dopamine. Like I said, once again, that feel good chemical when we were talking about consumerism. Surges of dopamine in the reward circuit cause the reinforcement of pleasurable but unhealthy activity leading people to repeat the behavior over and over and over again. Hence, addiction. How the fuck we become addicted to social media and other things. So think about like the likes, the comments, the follows, etc. They're short-term signals and our brain takes them as rewards for our actions, aka the post we just made, the reel, the story we just uploaded. This short-term reward will make our neurons release more dopamine and make us feel good. Make us feel good for a little bit of time. Whenever I was doing my research and thinking about dopamine, I wonder why do we crave those dopamine hits? 
Like, why? And this is what I came up with, (laughs) y'all. I think it's because we are unfulfilled. We're unsatisfied. We've made decisions based on societal norms, our parents' beliefs, etc. And I think that we're so deep in that we couldn't even fathom to begin to believe that these beliefs are not our own. These values are not our own. Therefore, we create an unfulfilling life and we can't figure out how the fuck we did it or why we even did it. So we rely on dopamine hits to make us temporarily relieved and feel good in the moment. And then we want to continue to feel good to escape the reality that our current reality doesn't feel good. And to be honest, it may not always be as big as not being satisfied in life. Like that's just, I think that's the the worst case scenario. Like that's the biggest thing, you know? But, and I say a worst case scenario, but I think that realizing that you're not satisfied in life, it's, it's amazing because you realize it. That's first and foremost. But then you realize that you do have the ability to create a life that you are fulfilled with, a, a, a life that you love. But that's another story for another day. But it could be as simple as you're avoiding homework. Y'all don't know how many times I procrastinated. Like, I was the worst in college. I will wait to the very last minute because in my head, I'm like, well, that's just, I just work so good under pressure. I will wake up literally sometimes at four in the morning to finish a paper don't recommend it but you could be avoiding confrontation relationship drama or just a relationship in general you you could be avoiding that you could be avoiding trauma whatever the case is something is being avoided there is a reason why you want to escape and then create or have these dopamine hits that's the most important thing something is being escaped here and we become addicted to the things that fulfill our cravings of the dopamine hit and the cycle unfortunately continues unless you listen to this episode let's get into some ways that I found that have been very effective in resetting my brain's dopamine's level working out working out in whatever way shape or form for me it's often running I have felt so in love with running in general, exercise gives you this natural high. Like, I know y'all have heard uh, people say, like, oh, I've got a runner's high. That's a real thing. And it's amazing because it's like, again, it's a natural high. It's not some kind of, like, man-made way of spiking your brain's dopamine levels. I can tell you right off the bat, like, I totally notice when I don't, When I haven't consistently been working out, not even for aesthetic reasons, but for mental reasons, like how I feel in my body. So, for example, this week, um, my cycle came and typically I like to rest. And although I know my body is thanking me for that very much needed rest, my mind can tell. She can totally tell. And. Moments like that let me know how important moving my body is. It lets me know how important and how essential that is within my life. 
Some other things I like to do is do yoga, go on a walk, especially in the morning when the sun is out. Not in the afternoon, y'all, because I don't know where y'all live at, but where I live at, we are going through a heat wave. And y'all, when I tell y'all, when I, I be about to, when I go outside, I be about to like, I don't want to use the word pass out because that's so dramatic, but it's so hot. So I love to go on walks in the morning. Typically, it's a run, though. It's 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 typically a run. Um, and sometimes a workout may look like stretching. I love to stretch. Travis loves to play basketball. I think the most important thing here, too, like with exercise, is to just make sure you're having fun with it. There was a time where I loved to go to the gym. Don't get me wrong. I still go to the gym like one or two days out of the week. Well, probably three days out of the week but there was a point where I was obsessed with lifting weights and plumping my booty doing booty exercises but I really got tired of doing that like I was bored with it and that's okay I just started to do something else the point is to just stay in love with moving your body do things that get you excited that's the most important thing regardless what it, what I know right now Pilates is trending what well, regardless of what is trending do what makes you feel good. Play tennis, play basketball, soccer, whatever you enjoy. I think that's the most important thing. Make sure it's fun because if it's not fun, you're not going to keep doing it. And you're doing a disservice to your mind. A few other things to help reset your brain's dopamine's level is to make sure you're eating right, guys. I know I said that earlier, but I want to reiterate that. Make sure you're eating as healthy as you can and I know sometimes people are like I don't know how how do I start but I would just say try to cut out as much processed food as possible the processed snacks the sugars and when I say sugar I don't mean fruit eat your fruit please I mean the man-made sugar the processed sugar in these snacks and candy like cut that cut it out guys that's Let's get our diet in order. Um, And to go back on that, like I'm not perfect. I'm a human being, but I try my best to get my body what it needs. Um, Make sure you're getting sleep. I realize that so many people, because one thing about me, I'm asleep. I have always gotten my sleep, period. But I think in the world, generally speaking, so many of us are so sleep deprived. And I didn't, I didn't realize it. I thought because I was getting my sleep, everybody else was getting their sleep. But no, we have to prioritize our rest and our sleep is so, so important. So essential. Bringing it back to just social media usage in general. I've seen a lot of people do like a 30 day fast. So you could do like a dopamine fast. If social media is not your issue, you know, you want to take a fast from whatever the addiction, the addictive behavior is. Yeah, like a, just a 30 day fast quitting cold turkey. And I think that's definitely a challenge for me. I do like a weekend fast. I won't get on my phone. I won't get on social media all weekend. And, and I find that super, super helpful. Um, But yeah, sometimes you just got to go cold turkey and it's challenging in the beginning. And you'll try to find ways to, I guess, imitate that addictive behavior. But you'll get through it for sure. And I've seen so many I guess like YouTube videos where people were talking about they quit social media for 30 days and it seems to be very, very beneficial. And I think it's something that I definitely want to explore in the near future. Another thing is to use social media with intention. Like 
why am I getting on my phone? Like I'm picking it up. Sometimes like, you know, with habits, if you've done them so long, you can start to do them unconsciously get on autopilot. So sometimes I'll go on my phone to check something. Me and Travis are having a conversation. And I'm like, oh, let me go look. And I mindlessly tap Instagram. My thumb is like tapping Instagram. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's not what we meant to do. It's not. So when you get on Instagram, when you start to be mindful and intentional about it, you ask yourself, why am I getting on here right now? Is it just to scroll? That's okay. Because you're being intentional, you're mindful, you're not mindlessly going on there out of habit. And for me, sometimes it's, it's like, okay, I'm going on there to look at my saves because sometimes I have a lot of inspiration in my saves. Sometimes it's going on there to post a reel. Sometimes it's going on there to interact, which I love doing, which kind of leads me to my next thing is to follow and mute accounts that trigger any unwanted healthy. Wait, what? Follow and mute accounts that trigger unwanted, unhealthy behaviors. For me, I have curated such a beautiful space within this app. I only follow artists. I only follow people who who inspire me, who create. And I think that's really, really important. And I ultimately use this app for a form of expression to connect with like-minded individuals. Also, practice some discernment. Remember what I said earlier about the residual self-image. This image can be easily altered. So don't believe every single thing you see on there. Social media is only half-truths. Practice some discernment when using this app. Remember that. It's not the real world. It's not real. No matter how real we believe it is, it is not real. My last few things is to use social media. Don't let it use you. And that just kind of goes back to being intentional, not getting caught up in the cycle, in this addictive cycle. That's all that means. Use social media and don't let it use you. My last thing is to take advantage of screen limits and downtime. So I don't know if it's on every phone, but I know iPhone has this feature where you can put screen limits on apps and you can also have downtime so my downtime is from 8 p.m to 8 a.m so if you're not like my favorite contacts if you're not in my favorites you cannot reach me and also during this time apps are shut down because for me personally 8 p.m to 8 a.m those are really important and sacred times in my day I'm spending time with my family. I'm doing my nighttime routine. I'm making sure my girls are showered and making sure even before, like I'm making sure dinner is cooked. Those are really sacred, important times. And I don't want to look up and I've been in my phone all this time when I could have been spending time with my family. I could have been here in the real world with the people that I love the most. And even fast forwarding to 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., that's time for me. I prioritize not only time with my family, but time for myself to deepen the relationship with myself, to journal, to read, to meditate, to do whatever it is that I need to do to vibrate at a high frequency. That's my time. So that's why I prioritize using those features in my iPhone 
I'm pretty sure like other phones have it too, but I prioritize those feature using those features so I can hone in on what's really important to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think this is like the longest solo episode that I've ever did. But like I said, I knew it was going to be a lot because I just had so much to say. My brain was all over the place. And what's crazy is I didn't even like hit some of the points that I had on here because I realized how long the episode was. So if y'all want a part two, I don't know if the other points are long enough for a part two. But anywho, I talked for a really long time today. And my throat feels really raw. I need some tea or something. If you stay to the end, oh my gosh. (laughs) We're besties. We're officially best friends. But no, on a serious note, I genuinely appreciate you being here. Allowing me into your space. That means so much to me. It means the absolute world to me. Thank you for staying this long. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for giving me space. I appreciate you. I love you. Now on that note, I'm sending you so much peace, so much abundance, so much love, and everything you need in this moment. Remember, you are enough. You don't need anything outside of yourself to feel whole because you're complete. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.